Life is full of challenges. With an unpredictable economy and just as surprising life changes, you need to be prepared to weather any storm. Elder law and estate planning attorney Kevin Tharp and financial advisor Gary Anderson are available to help you with life's difficult decisions. This is Truth in Planning. You never know. I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, recently I met with a client and her son. They're both clients. I did separate planning for the son and for the mom and did some common planning uh, with them involving trust and LLCs. Um, and they were coming in to, uh, they've acquired some new property. So we were updating their titling, uh, to coordinate with their deeds and the LLCs that they had created, uh, you know, previously. And the client began to tell me a story and it was really a fascinating story. Uh, and it kind of falls under that category. Well, I guess you never know, but a uh, client lives here in the Gainesville area. And recently she was at over at Dawsonville highway and she was at the, uh, Home Depot shopping center. Uh, I'm not sure she was, she was at Home Depot or one of the other stores that are in that big shopping center, but it was in, um, early mid September. And it was one of those days where it was kind of cloudy and they'd talk about the possibility of storms. But at this point, the sun was still out and there were some clouds. Uh, it was partly cloudy. And she's sitting at the intersection there uh, where, you know, the Home Depot is and everything on Dawsonville Highway. And you've ever been there, you know, it's a very busy intersection. Very busy. So you're going to sit there through two or three cycles of the red light before you get there. So she, she was sitting there and she said, I was about the third car in line waiting to turn. Uh, I think out of the parking lot, shopping lot, parking lot. And she said, and all of a sudden I heard this bang and it was the loudest bang I'd ever heard in my life. Like somebody, she said, literally set off a cannon inside my car. Mm. And she's got this Nissan rogue little SUV kind of car. She was by herself and turned out that her car got struck by lightning. Wow. She said she started seeing this kind of hazy thing and then within the next few seconds there was this flash and then a bang and she said and it may be in a different order but i just remember all of that happened in just literally a few seconds and she said i had no idea what happened and so this car pulled up beside her and, and said ma'am got out of the car and said ma'am are you okay she said yeah what what just happened and the guy said i was behind you your car got struck by lightning <laughs> well lo and behold she looks on the on the top of the roof on the passenger side and there's a hole about the size of a, of a you know like a baseball and that's where it went in that somehow or another that lightning hit the car on the passenger side imagine if it hit on the driver's side mm. Well, it totally disabled the car. They towed the car to the Nissan dealership, and the son in, in, uh, told me, said, it, it fried the car. I mean, this car is totaled. It's not a dent on it, but the car was completely totaled. Nothing is usable because lightning, I don't know where it went out. Her, her tires were not exploded or anything, so I have no idea where it went out, but yeah, he goes, it just goes to, she said, I left that the house that day and I told my uh, son, I'll be back. She said, I normally take my dog with me when I run errands, but this time I decided not to, thank goodness. Good thing. Good thing. And she said, so I told my little dog, I'll be back later. And she said, you just never know. Hmm. You could be sitting at a red light on a partly cloudy day on a Thursday afternoon and boom, you're gone. Hmm. 
boom, something happens. You never know. I, I remember, uh, you know, having a conversation with my mom and just a day later, I get a call from my brother. She's at the emergency room. She fell and hit her head overnight. She went from completely being able to talk to can't do anything anymore. So let's talk about how you can be prepared for that. You never know. Because you don't know. You don't you can't say, well, I know this is going to I know I'm, my car is going to get struck by lightning today. So I'm not going to go out and run errands or I'm going to take I'm going to take Gary's car. That way his gets fried instead of mine. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right. You just don't know that because if you did, you'd change a lot of things. Exactly. Okay? So here's how you can prepare for things that may happen. You never know. The first thing you can prepare is always make sure that you keep ownership. People think, well, you know, you never know when somebody falls and hits their head and you can end up in a nursing home. So I better start putting things in my kids' names. That's what I heard my friends did. That's what they talk about. It's easy. It's easy. That's what they talk about at the Waffle House or the beauty shop. It's just put everything in your kids' names now because you never know if you're going to go in a nursing home. Well, here's the problem. When you put things in your kids' names, you're no longer the owner. You can't use your stuff. You may decide, I don't want to live in my house anymore. I want to move to an independent place, and I want to use my money from the sale of my house. Well, you can't do it because you can't sell your house. Why? Because you're not the owner. And even if you did were able to sell your house, there's a tax penalty for giving up ownership of your home. You're going to have less money. Nobody else is going to be able to do anything for you. And you're especially not going to be able to do anything for yourself. Why? Because if you give up ownership, you give up access. So keep ownership. And that way you'll be prepared if something happens that you don't think about. You never know. You're listening to Truth in Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor. I'm with my co-host, Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney. And Kevin... We use that phrase all the time. I can't even imagine how many times I've used that in conversation in general with people over the years, but especially when it comes to planning and the type of planning you do, the type of planning I do, we have to start considering the you never know part of things because we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. All we can do is prepare for it. Gary, you're very familiar with uh, my uh, former employee and friend, uh, uh, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And you know uh, the circumstances of when she passed away. Uh, it was very unexpectedly. And that was usually the comment when we would, I would tell people and, and other people would say, well, that's so sad, but you, you just never know. You just never know. I can tell you personally when she passed away, the day before she was at the office, everything was normal. When she left, she said the same thing that she always says been that, that shows Stephanie's character. Is there anything I can do for you? And she didn't ask that question just of me alone. She asked it for everybody else. And she asked that same question that Monday night before. Is there anything else I can do for you? Because you never know. But the next morning, she went to sleep, didn't wake up. Good Lord took her home. Now, fortunately, there were many things she did to prepare. Unfortunately, there were a few things that she could have done that didn't do. 
Maybe because she thought she would have some more time. She was young. Exactly. So whether you're 37 or 87 or 107 or somewhere in between, you never know. So here's the best time to do it. Take care of these things now. And one thing you can always remain constant. You don't have to do certain things. And one of them is you don't have to give up ownership. You don't have to take everything you own and put it in your kids' names. Or worse, you don't have to put anything in an irrevocable trust because you, you're right. You never know if you fall and hit your head and may end up in a nursing home. Nobody plans for it, but it could happen. Mm-hmm. But the one thing you don't have to do is give up ownership. Instead, keep ownership. Okay. The second thing you can do okay, is title it. So you can have access, others have access, and you avoid probate. And Gary, that's why we like using a revocable trust, because you never know when something's going to happen and you fall and hit your head and become incapacitated. You never know if you uh, this is going to be your last day and the good Lord's going to call you home in your sleep, or you're going to be sitting in a red light and get struck by lightning and, and you're gone. So with a revocable trust, you get to keep ownership. You have access. You can authorize others to have access if you become incapacitated. You don't change the type of assets you own. And many people, the type of assets they own determine protection. And then because they're titled in the name of revocable trust when you pass, nobody has to go through proving. Kevin, if people want to talk to you about this, how do you give them your information? Gary, the best way to reach me is through my website, kevintharp.com. Your heirs and your 401k coming up next on Truth and Planning. Your 401k and your heirs. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And Gary, you're talking about heirs as in your children, your spouse, your family, not heirs like those two things on the side you, of your that head. That you right? try to hear with. No, that's not the same thing. Although sometimes it's related, it can be. But Kevin, your heirs and your 401k, well, you know, if you're still in the working world you're still accumulating money you have a 401k you're accumulating money to that you have an employer that's potentially matching that for the contributions you make you can save a lot of money in your 401k and by now a lot of people know that you get that statement every month and you're thinking or every quarter at least and you're thinking well this thing's growing maybe i need to put more money in there Over time, maybe you increase the amount of money you contribute up to the limits, which are very high, by the way. So between you and potentially even your spouse, you're putting a lot of money in the 401k that will help you down the line at some other time, namely when you're retired, namely after you're 59 and a half years old. And we talk about 401ks a lot in this show, and we don't really talk about heirs as much as maybe we should. But you're thinking, well, if you're in the working world and your children are young right now, what are you worried about heirs for? That could be way down the line, Gary. I've got this 401k. I'm going to start drawing income from it potentially, you know, when I'm in my 60s or 70s. But I have heirs. I have children. You'll have grandchildren one day. 
I have grandchildren now. And matter of fact, some of these grandchildren are getting on up there these days. And it's amazing how fast they grow and how, how short a period of time it takes for them to get there. They're almost as old as me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're a child prodigy anyway. We already established that. But Kevin, this is an issue even now. When you're accumulating money in this 401k, you have beneficiaries on that 401k. Now, if your beneficiaries are minor children, you have to make provisions for that. They can't inherit it outright. But your spouse is typically your primary beneficiary of your 401k. Most 401k plans absolutely require that you have a beneficiary on there, or they better be. You do not want your estate, Kevin, as you know, and you tell people all the time, to be the beneficiary of anything because that creates even worse problems down the line, both tax-wise and inheritance-wise and everything else. But heirs are very critical to your 401k because one of these days, somebody's going to inherit this money. If you die before your spouse, your spouse is going to inherit it most likely. And that's something I always remind people too. If you've changed your marital situation, if you've divorced in the past, or a spouse has died, make sure you're going back and checking the beneficiary designations on that 401k. That is beyond critical. You need to do that. Even if you're thinking now, well, I got it all straight and everything else, just check. Check with your custodian to make sure that your heirs are who they want you want them to be right now. But also, you have a spouse. Your spouse, when they receive your 401k or your IRA, after you maybe you've retired and you've established an IRA with that 401k, then they're going to get this outright. It just becomes theirs. It's a spousal assumption. No tax problems. No nothing. No issues whatsoever. It's just an automatic thing. It, the name goes into their name rather than your name if you die before they do. So your spouse gets to enjoy the benefits of that 401k just like you did, which is awesome. But let's say that something has happened to both spouses now and some of your children have inherited your IRA. That's a different story altogether. We talk about 401k and taxes all the time. When we take money out of the 401k, naturally we pay taxes on it then. That's when we have to you start using this tax-deferred vehicle. And part of that is going to be the taxes you have to pay on that when you start using that money from it. So as far as your 401k and taxes go, we've already established the fact we, in previous shows that that is a very, very taxable instrument. It's something you're going to have to pay taxes on when you use the money. The big problem comes with when someone besides our spouse receives this, which they will. And when you're someone besides your spouse, whether it be an adult child, an adult grandchild, or anybody else out there, they're going to have a little bit different tax situation going on than your spouse would have. You're talking. We're talking today with Gary Anderson of Anderson Advisors, financial planner, and he's talking about the important connection between your 401k account and your heirs. Mm-hmm. And heirs can also uh, include your beneficiaries, because most of us, when we hear the word heirs, we think children, grandchildren, and for most people, that they have children and grandchildren and have a spouse. But for some, 
Maybe they're not married anymore. Maybe they don't have a spouse. Maybe they don't ever had children, but they have other people they want to receive this money. Mm-hmm. And so heirs and beneficiaries are kind of the same thing when it comes to who do you name to get your 401k when you die. And that's really important because if it's a spouse, if you're married to them, there's different tax consequences than if you name a beneficiary that's not your spouse. Well, that's right, Kevin. And as far as your 401k goes, somebody's going to get it. You're going to have it in the beginning. Your spouse could have it in later years. Maybe you've passed away and your spouse has inherited this 401k. Then somebody beyond that is going to get it. Well, Gary, I, I plan on spending all that money in that 401k before I leave this earth. Try it. Have you been talking to Joel Tharp? Because that's exactly <laughs> what he planned on Exactly. Doing. And even he left money in that 401k, Kevin. A decent amount of money there. He tried his best, but he still had money in it. Try it and see what happens. You will not, you probably will not outlive all the money in your 401k. Let's call it your IRA now because you've you probably changed it over over the years to your IRA. Still the same thing, still the same, same tax status. You still have heirs, and somebody's going to get it. The reason somebody's going to get that, typically you've been required to take money from it. And let's say you're in your 90s now, and you've been taking required minimum distributions for 20 years. And you're looking at this statement, and you're thinking, I still have a lot of money left in my 401k, my IRA. It's, I still have money there. I know I'm not going to not going to outlive that money. It's going to be there when I'm gone. Somebody else is going to get it. Well, when your children get it, or anybody else outside of your spouse, it's an issue. The reason it's an issue is because they have to start taking money from it when you die. I don't care if they're 30 years old. They have to start taking money out of your 401k that they've inherited from you after you die. And just as another little caveat, they have to take it over a period of 10 years. Now, I may have a listener out there right now that's saying, no, 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 that's not correct because I inherited an IRA from my parents years ago, and I'm only having to take little increments, little teeny distributions every year. That's correct. That was called the stretch feature. Well, they took that stretch feature away from IRAs. You can't get that anymore. As an heir, you have to take it out over 10 years. Most custodians will tell you take you know 10% a year for the next 10 years, and you'll hopefully have a good chunk of that money out of there. But Kevin, I, I know people who have inherited IRAs that are a million, $2 million or more And let's say you're 35 years old and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, well, I get to take over a 10-year period of time, I get to take, what, $40,000, $50,000, $60,000 a year out of this IRA, $100,000 a year out of this IRA? That's awesome. Remember one thing, you're paying taxes on that. That usually raises you into a different tax bracket when you're talking about that kind of money. And you're able to take this money and do things with it. The problem is you have to take it out over 10 years. Gary, how can our listeners get more information on this time period where they got to take the money? Kevin, you can reach us at Anderson Advisor. We'll be glad to talk to you about your your IRA and your the, the situation you have with heirs. And you can call us at 888-371-2847. Coming up on Truth and Planning, we're going to talk more about some things you can do 
when something happens because you just never know. Things you can do to prepare because you just never know. I'm Kevin Tharp, Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, Financial Advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, in the previous segment, I talked about that there are things that can happen to us. And, well, you just never know. Uh, I talked about the client that was sitting at a red light and her car got struck by lightning. Uh, I talked about uh, my mom and what happened with her, like many other people, and probably happened to many of our other listeners and their family. You fall and hit your head or there's a, you know, a fall and somebody breaks a hip and suddenly everything changes. We call that getting sick before you die. And it sometimes it can accelerate some incapacity issues that are happening and things can get accelerated and a person's memory loss and to be able to process things can be accelerated because they have this traumatic event that happens in their life. And you just never know sometimes when those things are going to happen. You just never know. Accidents can happen uh, when your loved ones are at home or accidents can happen when they're on a trip, you know taking care of aging parents. Murphy's Law says mom's going to slip and fall and hit her head, not when we're at home 20 minutes away or 30 minutes away, but mom's going to fall when we're on a trip and we're four hours away. Uh, But things happen, and you just never know when things are going to happen. So one of the things we talked about is how to prepare for things in case something does happen. And one of the first things that we talked about, and this is very fundamental thing, is keep ownership of your stuff. Don't be giving up ownership thinking, okay, I'm going to prepare because you just never know if you're going to get sick and go in a nursing home. Uh, You just never know when the good Lord's going to call you home. So I better just go ahead and get everything in my kids' names. And I hear this all the time. Or I was told I need to go ahead and get everything in an irrevocable trust because there is some sort of look back period. And that part is true. But you never know, and because of those penalties, especially if you're trying to protect from things in a nursing home, that penalty can be pretty severe. It could actually does cause you to be ineligible for Medicaid when you were otherwise eligible if you put things in an irrevocable trust. Because you might be healthy right now this year, And three weeks later, something happens and you're not healthy and you're incapacitated and you're staring down the door of a nursing home. So since you don't ever know if that's going to happen or not, keep ownership and then you don't have to worry about these penalties. You don't have to worry about Medicaid look back penalties and property tax penalties and income tax penalties and all the other things. You never know when you're going to die. We all know that we're going to die. We just don't know when it is. So since you don't ever know, don't think you're preparing by going ahead and putting everything in your kids' names or putting them in an irrevocable trust to prepare for it. Don't think you're okay because you have a will. Well, you never know. So I'm going to go ahead and get my will updated because you never know when something's going to happen. You never know if something's going to happen when we go on this cruise we've been planning for for months. If you really knew what was going to happen on that cruise and that you were going to die on that cruise, you probably wouldn't go on that cruise, wouldn't you? Exactly. So, but you're not prepared if all you do is update documents. Especially if that document causes you to give up ownership. So, number one, keep ownership. You'll always have access to your stuff. Number two... 
focus on how things are titled. Make sure that things are titled. You talked about in the previous segment about beneficiary designations on your 401k. Gary, that's a form of titling. That will dictate who gets that account. Mm. And make sure that beneficiary designation is coordinated with your legal document. And here's why a will is not complete. You cannot name a will as a beneficiary on a 401k. Mm -hmm. You can name a person. You can name people, your children, or you can name a revocable living trust. Well, why would I name a revocable trust? Because the same people are going to get it. I have a revocable trust. My 401k beneficiary is my revocable trust. Who's the beneficiary of my revocable trust? My wife, my daughter, future grandchildren, my dog. They're all beneficiaries. So that 401k goes into the trust when I die, and it distributes it out to the beneficiaries. And guess what? The IRS ignores that revocable trust. So it doesn't change anything. My wife can do a tax-free rollover because she's the primary beneficiary of my trust. My daughter has to take the money out over 10 years, like you talked about, because the IRS ignores the trust if it's a revocable trust. So a trust is a great beneficiary, and it's a form of titling that I know exactly what's going to happen to my 401k, my life insurance policy, my financial accounts, because I've named my trust as the beneficiary. You're listening to Truth in Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, and my co-host Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney, is talking today about you never know. And Kevin, I think the main reason we all do planning, whether it's the planning that you do, estate planning, elder law planning, the planning I do, financial planning, the reason we help people plan, one of the big reasons is because of the you never know things, the things you don't know that's going to happen. What we try to do with the plan is address those types of things that can happen. You do this with your planning, and I think sometimes people, though, get a false sense of security when they've done planning that's not really going to work the way they intend for it to work. And that's because they focus on the document. The three things that you can do to prepare for you never know has very little to do with the document. Yet the most emphasis that most attorneys... Financial advisors even emphasize. I know many financial advisors as a part of their questionnaire and, and checklist and getting information is they ask, do you have a will and get us a copy of it? And they think, okay, well, we've taken care of that part because we have a document. And then they turn around and they the, the document says, I've got three kids and I want to leave uh, my uh, retirement account to all three of my kids. But yet in the same time, they have a conversation and say, hey, uh, Susie, who do you want to make the beneficiary of your uh, 401k? Oh, I want to make it my one child. And Susie dies. And they got this will that says split it three ways. But financial advisor has to give that 401k money to just one child. Why? Because of the way it was titled. Title and wishes are not coordinated together. But I had a plan. Nobody expected you to pass away so suddenly, but you did. So get wishes Get title of assets coordinated with your wishes. And that's the third thing to focus on. Focus on uh, keep titling where you keep ownership. Focus on 
uh, the type of assets you have. That'll tell you how to title them and focus on the type of document you choose and specifically focus on the type of trust you choose. When you choose a revocable trust over an irrevocable trust, you keep ownership during your lifetime. You will always have access in that revocable trust. You can designate people you trust to have access if you become incapacitated, because after all, you never know if you fall off that ladder and hit your head and become unconscious, then you know you're prepared if that were to happen, God forbid. Mm -hmm. That's why we like using a revocable trust. You never know when you're going to pass away. And when you title things in the name of a revocable trust, you know your family does not have to go through probate. And whatever you leave your beneficiaries, whoever they are, spouse, children, grandchildren, friends, whoever, you know they're protected as well. Kevin, why don't you give people your information so they can come talk to you about the You Never Knows? My website is the best way to reach me, and that's KevinTharp, T-H-A-R-P-E dot com. Coming up next on Truth and Planning, your CPA and your financial advisor. What do they have to do with each other? Are you prepared? Your tax planner and your financial advisor. What's the difference? I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. So Gary, I'm interested to see what is the connection between your financial advisor and your CPA? What do the two have to do with each other? Kevin, sometimes people confuse this and it's very easy to do because you've been dealing probably with someone that has prepared your taxes for many, many years. Ever since you started working, you might've had somebody that you uh, chose to be the person who would help you prepare your taxes. Sometimes that person is yourself and sometimes that works perfectly fine, especially when you're a W-2 employee and you don't really have a lot of outside income or any outside income other than your job. But as far as tax goes, tax preparation goes, that's the job of your CPA and slash tax preparer. Sometimes, and always remember this too, your tax preparer is not necessarily a CPA. Sometimes they might work for a CPA who kind of oversees the operation. Sometimes tax preparers are completely independent. You see these in a lot of retail establishments now. They have a little booth set up, and typically that's a tax preparer. And they do a very, very good job of helping you pull your taxes together at tax reporting time to make sure you're paying the right amount of taxes, but maybe not too much in taxes, advising you on ways you can have deductions and things like that. But your tax preparer really, all in all, the person who is helping you prepare those taxes is trying to save you taxes now. What your financial advisor probably is doing, if not, they should be, is helping you prepare for taxes later as well. And sometimes those two issues can conflict with each other. Sometimes your tax preparer is working totally against your your financial advisor and vice versa. This is why, and Kevin, you bring this up all the time, this is why it's so important for your financial advisor, 
and your tax preparer, your CPA, to communicate with each other. Because, believe it or not, they're not diametrically opposed to each other. Sometimes they're just doing their jobs and don't consider all the factors involved. So one thing that we like to do is get your tax person involved. We want to have these conversations with them. We have a lot of good CPAs around here that do a very, very good job of helping people with their taxes. A lot of times they will ask me questions like, well, Gary, why did you why did you treat these investments this way? Why did you treat this investment income this way when you could have done it another way? We have that discussion because most of the time it's an issue of when we want you to pay taxes on things. Paying taxes now, of course, you're always going to do that. A lot of times your CPA, your tax preparer, is trying to push any imaginable taxes that you possibly can further down the line to pay those taxes earlier. Now, in, in a couple of weeks ago, I talked about your required minimum distributions that you have to take from your IRAs. Now, if you're over 60 years old at age 75, which is a benefit to a lot of people, they don't have to start taking it before that, but they can take it as early as age 59 and a half. What your tax preparer will do a lot of times, they automatically default to, well, you don't want to take it now, Kevin. You want to wait until you're as old as you possibly can be before you start taking money from that IRA that you have, your 401k, because you can delay those taxes till later. But we always know, too, that by delaying taxes, there's a very, very good possibility that you're going to have to be paying more in taxes when you delay them. When we're looking at your entire financial picture, all of the investments you have, some sources of, of your income, some, tax, some of the investments you have are more taxable than others. The Social Security you get is partially taxable. To some degree or another, it's partially taxable. Well, why do I say that? Well, because you can be taxed on up to 85% of your Social Security based on the amount of income you make. From other sources. Exactly, because of all these other sources. So this is something that when we are doing your financial planning and giving you advice on taxes, sometimes it can go contrary or go against what you may be getting from your tax preparer, from your CPA. That's why we have to have a conversation. The importance of your CPA and your financial planner having a conversation. That's the topic today on Truth and Planning, and I'm with my co-host, Gary Anderson, financial advisor. And Gary, in so many other areas, uh, this it is important to having professionals, doctors and others talking and communicating. But I think the most important thing is the communication between a person's CPA and their financial advisor. I think it's as equally, if not more important, than the CPA and your estate planning attorney having a conversation. Uh, because there's so many things, short-term and long-term, that can be affected uh, negatively or positively if you just have simple communication. Well, that's right, Kevin. And um, if, that's really all it takes. It's just being able to talk to each other. I have a lot of clients who we have a good relationship with their tax advisor, their tax preparer, and we 
can talk several times during the year. Okay, this is what's going on here. I want to run it past you to make sure that there's nothing else out there that can undo what we're trying to do here. And sometimes a tax preparer, a CPA, will inadvertently undo something that you're trying to achieve as an advisor. And if that's the case, then it's not doing you as the individual any good. And this is all about you. It's not about me, the advisor. It's not about the CPA that you have. It's about you. And really and truly, we all want to do what's best for you. And sometimes just a little bit of communication can do that. One of the things I've mentioned in the past, and it goes against what a lot of tax preparers, what a lot of CPAs will tell you, taking required minimum distributions or taking money out of your IRA before you have to, because that can benefit you Social Security-wise, waiting with your Social Security distributions as long as you can, because Social Security is not as taxable as your IRA, but if you can take distributions earlier, and this doesn't work for everybody, but this is why you have advisors to make sure it works for you. Start getting those distributions. I have clients who are taking distributions from their IRAs and they're 60 years old. And they want to retire, let's say, when they're 70, 66, 67, 70. But they're taking money from those IRAs now and delaying taking their funds from their IRA for several years down the line. But the thing about the Social Security is we know at age 70 you have to start taking it. So you can delay it until then. So let's look at the possibility of taking more money from your IRA now. Number one, you're probably in a lower tax bracket. We know over the next two years, your tax bracket is going to be lower. Your percentages that you pay are going to be lower than they will after January of 2026. So maybe you even take advantage of taking funds, more funds from your IRA, your 401k now. And I'm talking about people who are in their retirement years or approaching their retirement years. Take advantage of those next two years, possibly even do still some conversions over to a Roth just to make sure that you're mitigating your tax situation further down the line. But there's a lot of moving parts to this, and what we want to do is make sure that we aren't working against each other. Your tax preparer, your CPA, your tax advisor, your financial advisor, that we're all working together to make this thing work best for you down the line to keep you from paying as much taxes as you possibly can further down the line when you maybe can afford it less. And that's why we try to do what we do. Gary, how can our listeners make sure that you and their CPA or tax preparer are having this conversation? Kevin, they can reach us at 888-371-2847. We'll be glad to have you come in for a consultation. Investment advisory services are offered through Anderson Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm. Anderson Advisors is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investments involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Any representation 
insurance protection, safety, and lifetime income generally refers to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the strength and paying capabilities of the insurance carrier. This show is intended for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. You should consult with a financial advisor to help determine the best options for your particular circumstances. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not endorsed by the United States government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions construed herein presented by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. Completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Gary Anderson nor Anderson Advisors is affiliated with attorney J. Kevin Tharp or any guests on this show. Mm-hmm.